Good evening, everybody. This is Will Cooper in the Perdomo Cigar Studios here in Indian Trail, North Carolina. Today is Friday, January 28th, 2022. Uh, we are continuing our uh, reports from the Tobacco Plus Expo 2022 from folks in the field. And we definitely have uh, two of the best right now on here who've been at the show all week. So let me uh, introduce, uh, without further ado, uh, Aaron Loomis and John McTavish of Developing Palettes. What's going on? Well, I, I'm okay. I'm gonna skip question one. I was like, uh, "How's the show going?" But no, okay, good. Um, <laughs> no, hey, hey, first of all, no, hey, first of all, thanks, guys, for uh, taking the time. I know, you know, you, you want to enjoy the last night in Vegas here, so it's appreciated very much, but thanks so much. Um, say something, audio, guys, just just say something for your audio so I can make sure your audio is okay. Uh, it's a little low. Okay. Yep. That seems better. Yeah, yeah. Say, so just talk as loud, I guess, as you can without deafening each other. You should be fine. Nope. All right. We'll we'll project as much as possible. If you guys do that, you'll be fine. No problem. We'll, we'll use our uh, we'll use our TPE voice or actually our uh, TPE party voices. Yeah. <laughs> no, guys. Hey, thanks first off for for being here again. Uh, hey, let's get right into things. So, Aaron, um, you know, you you were a TPE two years ago. Uh, you're returning, John. This was your first time, correct, at a TPE? That's right. This was my first TPE. Okay. So, Aaron, I'm gonna ask you this question to start. Um, let's just put this right on the table right now. That's why the we'll drive thing. You have three things. You have TPE in 2020 that we were at. You have the PCA trade show uh, 2021 and TPE 2022. Rank them from best to worst. Oh, man. Um, I was ranked pretty much from newest to oldest. So I'd say TPE 22, PCA 21, TPE 20. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, it's confirming, I guess, what I've, the feeling I've had um, in that uh, this was a home run of a show. I mean, it seems like it was, or it was, it did very well, this show, I'll say. It appeared to be that way. I mean, um, the traffic in the cigar section was pretty busy. Obviously, you don't have as many uh, of the brands that are, um, you know, displaying, um, but the ones that are there, uh, there's, uh, seem to be a, a lot of traffic to those to those booths. Um, and are you attributing the success just for the traffic, or do you just feel that, like, you know, I saw, like, I felt two years ago a lot of the companies came there to just kind of check it out, see what was that, and show some product. Um, do you sense it was more than that this time? I mean, I'm going to assume yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, I can only go based on the feedback from you know, the people that we spoke to in the booths, but um, they did say that there was first day was um, a lot of traffic, people talking to them, saying they, you know, they'd come back, um, things like that. Uh, but they said second day, those people that said they would come back did come back. Uh, um, and there were orders that were placed. Um, today uh, started pretty light, uh, but around the mid part of the day it was quite busy still. 
um, and then it tailed off towards the end. But at the end, there were still some booths that were still selling. So uh, like the, one of the last booths that we needed to hit was Casa Cuevas and uh, Luis and yeah. Alec were busy multiple times. Yeah, 2.30 2 on the on the Friday where, you know, normally uh, some trade shows it might be completely empty. And uh, they had, you know, retailer after retailer coming up. And uh, so for us, you know, difficult to get five minutes, which has been more of an experience that we've uh, had at PCA. Um, you know, that could be just uh, indicative of how busy they were as a brand. Um, but they obviously had a very successful trade show. So, and we, we did hear from uh, more than one exhibitor that uh, the trade shows are kind of bleeding into each other. That is, someone might, uh, look at the product of TPE and then make a purchase of PCA. And we've heard the reverse where they exhibited at PCA and then they didn't make the purchasing decision until they saw them again at this TPE. So they saw quite a number of purchases that were actually initiated back at the last PCA, but they didn't decide to make that purchase until this week. Oh, yeah, but that makes some sense too. Um, I'll ask this question. I've asked it to a few folks already, but um, so no mask enforcement this week it seemed like like they said you were gonna no, have to wear a mask uh, on the floor but apparently there was no enforcement of it yeah i know last year that they had some people that were walking around that were trying to enforce that um i didn't see any of that this year um there were people still that were walking around with masks but i think it was more of kind of personal choice um you know many of the people were smoking cigars so that's not an option when that's happening so um yeah i wouldn't say it was really kind of masks up for, for most of the show it certainly wasn't Canadian style. That's for sure. <laughs> no, no, that's good. Uh, you know, back again to the uh, end of the show. Um, was there? Did anyone pack up and go home early? I'm kind of curious on that. There were some brands that did, um, but it wasn't. It wasn't a big chunk of the of the show. Um, uh, Colwell booth was there until the end, so that's a good sign. Yeah. Right, and I think, right. think, uh, relegate some of that to you know what's going on with the weather i think uh we certainly heard from more than a few people that that was a major contributing factor to their plans both yesterday and today um you know i certainly got the distinct impression from several of them that they would have been here all day today if it wasn't for the fact that they weren't quite sure that their flight was going to be possible unless they left either first thing this morning or you know midway through the trade show yeah, I mean, you have four or five airports in the east right now that are probably going to more than that, four or five cities with airports that are going to have uh, a lot of problems tomorrow for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's, it's definitely something, you know, I, I, that would be understandable under those circumstances as well, as far as that goes. Um, but OK, so let's kind of get into some of the, you know, the general um, some of the general stuff. What booths or what brand, let's say really surprised you guys and said, wow, they brought the A-game to the show this year. Um, I will say that the, the booths that were in the little pavilions, so they had two of those pavilions that, uh, you know, brands have that kind of that single kind of tier setup. Um, those booths were all pretty busy through most of the show. Um, Crux actually took two of those out of one of the pavilions. Um, so that was... Uh, kind of a little bit of an expansion, I think, um, from what I had seen previously. I don't remember in 20 um, if that had occurred or not. But uh, the pavilions were really jumping. They, they they ditched the couches that were in the middle this year 
and uh, they just had some tables and chairs set up. So that was, um, I think I heard a, a couple people that said that they preferred the couches because they could uh, do a little bit more intimate business and, um, you know, get people to hang around a little bit longer. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but I think it still worked out for them. Um, outside of that, uh, Drew Estate um, had a huge uh, booth in the middle of the floor. Which, um, which obviously kind of uh, overshadowed a little bit some of the, you know, the other the other booth displays. I mean, they, they brought, was which was essentially a large-scale booth to uh, to a small-scale uh, style. Yeah, so they had a PCA-style size booth, kind of Drew Estate uh, size. Uh, when nobody else kind of had that on the cigar side. I mean, obviously on the other side of the aisle, there's um, some immense booths as well. But um, they also they yeah. also had, uh, I guess, a unique, uh, uh, almost a humidor style presentation on the inside, which is a new thing for them. I haven't seen that previously. Certainly, I wasn't at the last PCA, but it had a, a sealed door and an entranceway with a display case on the inside. It was very well done. Uh, Placencia was yeah. uh you know we we actually had uh, struggled just stepping into the booth because it was packed full of people um essentially from 9 30 till close every day including today um you know i would also say that uh echo what aaron said about the pavilions the pavilions were definitely for the smaller brands they were the most busy collectively um very full we had to do 15 16 passes in order to get individual brand brand owners um Perdomo of course is busy which one would expect yep the pavilion uh Aaron you were there we were there with the pavilion I saw some last year they upgraded it and this year I think it was the same as last year uh like I I really didn't like the pavilion look two years ago it was very industrial I think they made some changes to kind of make that look less industrial would you would you agree it had a better look than two years ago yeah, these had a very nice look. I mean, yeah, um, yeah I thought so too from looking at it. it I mean, it, for smaller brands that want to exhibit at PCA, um, they should definitely do something exactly like this. I mean, it's a, a great opportunity, um, you know, for those brands that uh, don't want to have a high uh, output of cash to, to be able to, you know, present their wares and, you know, be able to, to meet with people. Yep. You know, uh, those, you know, those people that might want to try to walk the floor and, try to do business might be open to taking on a smaller space like that. Yeah. I think we, we spoke private, privately to a number of brand owners who uh, expressed based on the traffic they were seeing, the pavilions expressed interest in converting from a, you know, a more simple table style booth to uh, to a similar pavilion with other brands because they felt that it was both uh, highly trafficked and they also liked the, uh, the way it was built. So you might see more of those uh, in, in 2023, I think. I suspect at least one more, maybe two. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I remember like Espinosa was in the pavilion. I, I know they've upgraded. So I know a few folks have kind of upgraded out of the pavilion. And I know like Altidus, and you guys could confirm me, they seem like they had a really nice booth this year. I mean, just from looking at it, it seemed much more like they had a simple booth two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite it was quite nice uh very yeah it was it was more altered style yeah um yeah it was, it was much upgraded and they oh, this, well, like, this display was great like pca light would be how i'd describe it yeah. you know not quite full on drew estate but certainly pca light yep i mean do you feel that this show like i i've had an opinion that for the past few years i, I don't think tp was ready to compete with pca 
and PCA can say what they want. This is a competition show. I mean, do you feel like, especially after this show, that this show now has that potential? Because I'm getting a little bit of a vibe that it, it has this potential right now to really challenge the established show. I think it does. Um, the only caveat is the fact that uh, you have the other products on the other side of the floor. So right. if you're trying you know, Stuff outside of the trade show floor, um, after parties, um, kind of anything outside of those that you know the normal display times, um, you have to take that into consideration. Where um, you 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 know you may be able to do you know, breakouts for the cigar side things for people if you wanted to do that to see how that would fly for TPE. Um, but yeah, I mean uh, it, it's the, the flow of the show was fantastic. Um, you know, there was there were a few more kind of new release things, you know, people displaying things that were new and, you know, that you could report on and things like that. Um, so if people see this as, a, you know, an option going forward and they don't want to try to time everything to be around that July time frame, um, I think this could, this could do really well. I mean, I think what's really interesting is the number of brand owners that said that they intended to exhibit at both the TPE and the PCA because they felt that, both trade shows had value, but just in different ways. Uh, there, there certainly was smaller brands who said, you know, financially it just wasn't viable for them to do an ex uh, exhibitor at PCA. Uh, but I would say they were in the minority. Uh, even some of the many small, very small brands uh, expressed their intention to exhibit at the PCA, and they, they felt there was value to both. Interesting. Interesting on that. Um, and the new products, I... I, I guess what I my you guys could give me a counter opinion on is there was definitely more, which uh, surprised me. Um, and it surprised me because the companies didn't make a lot of announcements that they were, were doing that. Right. So they really didn't prime the pump. I felt they didn't prime the pump well enough. And, and I'll be honest, it might have changed my opinion about prioritizing this had I known there would be this many products. But I kind of give them a pass because I think it's the supply chain issue. I'm sure they're trying not to. Uh, Overpromise and underdeliver on certain things. So I gave them a little pass on that, but I want to know what you guys' thoughts are on that. Yeah, I mean, um, there's there are a few of the new releases where they're like they're ready to ship uh, like immediately after the show, like the uh, the flock from Casa Cuevas. You know, everything's ready to go. So people that place orders, uh, you know, they're shipping next week. Um, but then you have like Rainier from HBC, um, his new cigar that he's announced. That's probably going to be like a March timeframe as the, the projected date. So um, kind of have a mix of that. Um, but like you mentioned, the supply chain issues, um, you, you know, that could definitely play into it. But yeah. I think some, you know, some announcements where you're talking about things that are coming in this maybe Q1 or uh, early Q, um, that's kind of, I think, the strategy from them. Drew Estate, um, you know, obviously they've been the big company at the TP the last, you know, two out of three years. And um, they've also been the company, I'd say, that has been pretty conservative about their force being out in the field. H how was that boost staffed? Was it did they have were they out there in full force, partial force? How was your feel on that? I would say they were there in slightly above mid force. OK. Uh, we spoke with Glenn Wilson and he was telling us that they had a bit, a bit under projected the number of uh, territorial reps that they brought out to the show. Um, so I think they brought out 15 yeah. um, and that they should have brought out more. Right. Um, I mean, the, 
I think, you know, I don't think anybody kind of was wanting for attention. Um, they, you know, they got to the, everybody that they needed to get to. But, uh, you know, Glenn was saying that um, they, they, could, they could have brought more to, to help with that. Yeah, and I certainly interpreted that as, as a message of uh, how, much, how much retail attendance there was obviously surpassed what the expectation was, which to me illustrates, you know, the, again, the discussion of, you know, is, is the market going to slow down or is it going to continue to grow? Taking that into account, it certainly indicates for me from a retail perspective, more retailers are attending and obviously more retailers are making purchases if, if they need more reps to handle that business. So to me, that tells me that the TP is certainly on, a, on an upward trajectory, no question. Yeah, and I was actually, I'm glad you said that, John, because that was actually one of my follow-ups is, you know, we've heard this, right, a hundred times. Everyone has a great show, right? But, right? but they didn't really have a great show, right? And one thing I was wondering if people could be conservative about making orders this year. Um, you know, you're just going to get people kind of, you know, you know, a lot of retailers are out there on the hosted programs. But, I mean, your gut, you and you guys spent, I got to say, you guys were covering the show, I think, in a way that, a lot of us in the media should look at because you guys are being very analytical. You're observing, you're doing things right. And I know from doing the video, John, you know, you could be distracted doing the video. Right. But you guys yeah, are so. really see this, right. What was your perception of, of what you I mean? Orders being written, you know, or, or a lot of people just kind of hanging out in the booth looking for cigars. Uh, no, um, I think from the cigar retailers, there was orders being written. Um, there were people looking for free cigars, but I don't think they were the cigar retail side. I think they were maybe some retailers that kind of maybe do a mix or, or from the other side. Um, there was definitely a few times where we were in booths talking to people and people were coming up asking for samples. Um, but the, the, re, uh, the brands did a great job. You know, the, you know, they talked about, um, you know, we don't, we don't do free samples. If you want to open an account, there's no charge for opening the account. And we could talk about, you know, giving some samples there and yeah. things like that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, to, to me, the cigar side was doing business. It was, it That's was a good. business. Yeah. It wasn't, um, I mean, obviously for, you know, some people they want to just get a little bit of FaceTime because they hadn't seen people in a while and things like that. Uh, you know, we, we definitely use the show as, as FaceTime uh, talking about, um, the struggles that you know brands have had over the last whenever the last time that we saw them um so yeah like you mentioned we do it a, a little bit different um there was a lot of media here as well so there's doing there, you know interviews and um technical coverage and um we're, we're okay letting them kind of do that and not kind of you know reinventing the wheel and doing you know duplicate triplicate coverage so um and that's kind of how we've conduct, covered the trade shows the last few years is kind of more of a uh, observation and uh, relationship yeah. building. Possibly. Yeah. I, I, go ahead, John. Sir, I was just going to say, and I would say that uh, from, from a brand owner perspective, many, uh, one of the consistent messages I think we heard from brand owners was that uh, they had no expectations going into the show because the show is so affordable for them to attend. They're going to attend regardless of, of the outcome of uh, sales or new accounts. And uh, several brands said they come with the intention of sales and we're not intending or not expecting to sign new accounts. And they had a significant number of new accounts that they were not anticipating. In fact, uh, we had uh, several mid-sized brands who said uh, they were not expecting new accounts and there were new accounts that they did not have on their, uh, on their uh, target list that kind of came out of nowhere in a, in a very positive way. So, um, you know, again, I, 
rather than the, you know, we're all, we're all selling orders. It's been a great show. To me, that, that tells me that uh, number one, there's retailers that are reaching that they haven't been able to reach in the past. And number two, um, you know, the threshold for success is quite low. And so they have no reason to make up a successful story because again, to them, showing up is successful, whether the right orders is inconsequential because they've got brand presence. So the fact that they were able to sign up new accounts that many times, many times over exceeded what their expectations were. Good point. You know, the, the back to the whole way you guys covered the show, um, you know, I, this year with the Coop team, you know, we expanded it. So I had guys doing video photography, um, camera, but I was able to kind of take that role that you guys have had which I found to be very valuable. Some of it got pushed into written material, but some of it was very strategic as well. So I, I think there's a real, it's a real important kind of role to media to do that. I mean, I could tell you sitting at home, I was, look, a lot of people worked hard on the video. I'm not going to say, say that it was way too much video and a lot of rep, a lot of the same video interviews. Um, and I, that was the only thing that was a little, I mean, I, I was kicking myself a bit because it's kind of like you want to go to the show and cover it the way you want to cover it. But, you know, not everyone does that. I recognize that. But it was a little frustrating because uh, I couldn't get a lot of information on the products this year. Uh, even the half-wheel guys were too focused on rapper buying the filler, I thought, this year. Um, and they normally go deeper into that. So I thought that was a little missing. But, um, again, you know, everyone has a different way of doing it. Yeah, I mean, I would certainly say from my observation, the uh, video coverage probably equaled what we typically see at a PCA. Um, there's certainly a lot of uh, media coverage of uh, individual. I mean, not that I'm the encyclopedia of who media is, but uh, certainly many, many media members there doing coverage that I did not recognize, which tells me that there's a lot more media coverage of TPA than there possibly has been in the past. And I, again, I would say that the uh, in, from my anecdotal experience, the video coverage is probably equal to what we typically see at the PCA. So much, yep. much greater than we've seen in the past. Yep. That's what I've seen too. Um, do you guys, what were, were, Aaron, you were at PCA. Were the influences there or was it more traditional media, you know, online print? Influence was right here. Uh, one of the perfect examples of that is if you sit, if you sat in the Drew Estate booth um, at one of the small tables they have set up, um, you could just kind of browse around and you would see some, uh, you know, Instagrammers doing their uh, selfies with the cigars from, uh, you know, up above their head to get that perfect angle and all that yeah. stuff. So you, you could scan the, scan the booth and you'd catch, you know, two or three of them doing it and all that stuff. So uh, like the influencers were still here. Uh, I mean, there's zero barrier to entry pretty much as long as you can uh, convince TPE that you're a media brand. Um, there's no cost to come to the show for you. Um they may even cover some of the hotel hotel nights for you. Um, so all you have to do is kind of pay your way to get, you know, travel to the show uh, and you're in. So, um, you know, it, yeah, it's it's easy to get in, I guess. Yeah, I, I think it's easier, but I actually think they vetted a little more than PCA. Just from because yeah. I've, I've heard from a couple but, people, they actually look at this, you know, your credentials. PCA is more of a vetting is like, do you want to pay 400 bucks to be a member so that you right. can come? That's, right. That, that's it's going to weed out some people. Yeah. So. I will say, uh, you know, I don't think we ever experienced, uh, which we certainly experienced at the PCA previously, uh, media members and uh, influencers did not seem to be tripping over themselves and 
Uh, I don't think we ran into a single instance of someone interrupting uh, retail business. We've certainly seen from both media members and influencers in the past. Uh, I did not, in my anecdotal observation, I did not see that happen at the trade show. That, which that, was good. That's good. That's a good thing. To, that's a good thing to see, uh, which is good. Um, as far as I go, was Cigar Aficionado there? Uh, I was not aware of their presence. Interesting. Yeah, because that's, uh, I kind of wondered if they were going to be there or not this year. Um, but they haven't, they weren't, they've never been at a TP from what I know. I don't know if they had, maybe they sent one person. I, don't know, I was just curious on, on that as well. Um, how is it in terms of, you know, TP in general, you felt put on a good event, you know, from a logistical standpoint, were there any hiccups or were there things that really worked well this year? I, I didn't see any hiccups. Um, Don was all over the place. Um, you know, the people answering questions, resolving the issues that there were issues, I guess. Um, but yeah, technically I think the show went, went off well. Um, yeah, I wasn't aware of anything that was, um, uh, a problem. Yeah, as a new attendee, I would say, uh, you know, it certainly gave me the impression that this is a trade show that's been along around for quite a while, um, because it seemed to, you know, we had no issues getting in uh, as media members for early access. Uh, there's no barriers. Uh, there didn't seem to be any um, technical issues whatsoever. Um, everything ran smoothly. All the events ran on time. Uh, as expected, there's no issues with the doors. There's no issues with badges. Um, I mean, from our perspective, there's no issues, which is great. The only the only complaint I heard is I heard the the Wi-Fi wasn't good this year. That was the only thing I heard. Maybe that was bad. Yeah, we we didn't like we didn't do any live video or anything like that, so I couldn't really yeah tell you how good the Wi-Fi was. Um, but um, yeah, I didn't I didn't talk to anybody about it, so. I can't say. We, we certainly did see uh, media members using, making use of the media room. Um, I think, you know, where it was situated made a lot of sense uh, because it, it allowed them to isolate the sound quite a bit from the floor, which, um, you know, was even with the Drew State music, as always, pumping very loudly. Um, I think the added uh, walls and the distance from the Drew State booth uh, made it so that it was a fairly quiet area for them to, to work in, which was good. Did what did they do with the Drew State booth with the music? Because the interviews I saw didn't seem like it was a problem. Did they turn it off or was it a sound area? Um, no, I mean, there was probably some uh, when Eli was not uh DJing, um, they kind of put on just you know, kind of some like uh, lower, lower volume music, I guess. So okay. I don't know, maybe that just they timed it you know well to do that. Or uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe um could like chirp up to Eli and say, hey, we're going to we have an interview scheduled for this time. Just kind of bring the volume down a bit. So that may that may have been actually what they did. But, but certainly for the most part, you know, describing the, the general audio level um, was very, uh, very much the same as what I experienced at the PCA. That is, you know, you knew where the Drew Estate booth was. You could hear it the moment you walked in the door. Um, but I think, again, uh, just the way the media, the media area was uh, situated and designed, um, you could walk in there and the volume level was, uh, I wouldn't say inaudible, but you, you, you wouldn't notice. Yeah, I mean, I've had a, the new policy next year because I got two videos flagged at PCA for uh, copyright, right? Is I'm going to have to right. ask these guys to turn the music off because I can't uh, put your video up. So, um uh because uh, that's gonna have to be but so i was just curious on that as well um a few companies i'll just uh i don't know if they were there or not because the, the presence was low key so i'm just curious was rocky patel there 
Yes. Okay. So Rocky Patel, Oliva? Yes. Yes. Okay. And JC Newman was there, I believe, too. In fact, Bobby Newman himself was there, which was nice to see. Okay. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then obviously all the big four were there. Um, was my father there? Okay. So they were not there. Was, was there anyone else like besides the uh, like, was there any like, you know, I know like Fuente and Padron weren't there, right? Was there anyone else that was kind of surprised you didn't see there? Off the top of my head, I don't think so. Um, no, I don't. No, not from any larger brands, I wouldn't say. Yeah. Right. Villager was attending. Villager was attending. Oh, okay. Villager was because Villager. I guess that's, yeah, that's a surprise. Yeah. They skipped last year, but they, they had sponsored the party the year before. Uh, the bizarre meat party we had. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So they they were so they were back. Did they have a big booth like they did two years ago? No, it wasn't huge. It was um, I'd say maybe half of Espinosa. Four, maybe four booth spaces. Hmm. Um, just kind of a long long row. Had a couple couches, a couple um, little podiums. Which, um, which, to be honest, the couches and the chairs were. Uh... We're nice to see after a long day. Uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of couches and booths, uh, which makes sense based on the booth design. But um, they they had a very comfortable couch and some comfortable chairs. Well, that, that's good to hear on that as well. Uh, I mean, I because I was using the media room a lot uh, two years ago just to get off my feet on a lot of places. Right. Uh, yeah, that definitely became a, an, an issue. I'd say maybe not on the first day, but by the second day. Um, you know, I'd say primarily we used your estate's booth because um, they're one of the few booths that had a limited Table. amount of available. Yeah. yeah, they've let us use that use as well, um, which yeah, that helps out a lot. All right, so here's my next question: the soccer, the sock, the 24-hour soccer coverage didn't seem to be going on. I saw a couple people talk to soccer. Did he do not do interviews, or was he just that busy? What was going on with soccer? He was pretty busy all the time. Um, uh, he had a different booth set up because I think in 20, he had a similar piece as PCA with the couches and things like that. He didn't have any couches this year. He had a couple, uh, three tables. And then, uh, so he's, you know, the, their team would sit on one side of the table and then they had like two chairs at each of those tables that you could sit down and have the conversation. So, but we, we definitely saw video, uh, video interviews taking place with yeah. Steve. Uh, I mean, I personally witnessed think three. So, okay. I, it just... I, I don't think there was any less video coverage of Steve than, than any other booth. In fact, uh, I would assume it's about the same. Yeah. The only one I saw was Randy from, uh, the only oh, one I saw was Rand was from Dojo. That was the only one I saw. But there may have been a couple others that went up that I didn't see. Yeah, Matt. I mean, Matt Tobacco definitely, uh, definitely did a video. How about those cigars, guys? Uh, definitely did video. Um, so, and you know, we walked by while they were doing it. Yeah. And, and Saka wasn't grumpy, or was he just normal? I mean, uh, maybe less grumpy than normally. <laughs> he was friendly, friendly yeah. Saka. Uh, other, than the, you know, the one he posted about. Uh, on Facebook, but, uh, <laughs> the guy who never heard of his brand. <laughs> no, usually, usually when I get to soccer, it's the uh, last day, and he's tired, right? So he's right. not grumpy the last day because he's just tired and wants to go home by that point. So, yeah, uh, I would not, I would not describe him as being sort of his typical self, which I see, I've seen many times at the PCA. 
uh, where he's, you know, even on the first day, I'd say by the end of the day, he's clearly exhausted and, and really just wants to go lay down. Um, you know, I think it was the first day we uh, we sat down with him for about 15, 20 minutes and uh, he was in a he was in a pretty good mood. Um, he didn't seem exhausted. Um, he didn't seem eager to, to get out of there. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right, that's good. That's good to hear as well. Um, were there any like product wise? Did you see something that was like, this is an interesting product that, you know, maybe people can look forward to? Yeah, I think AQC. Uh, Get a drink and smoke is typically what I've, I've seen with, with, with that as well. 
Um, yeah, there's certainly a lot of a lot of brand owners that uh, opted to stay at the Sahara based on experiences at previous uh, uh, previous uh, shows. They said it was just much easier for them to go from the show to the to the convention center and back, and then obviously to the uh, cast bar uh, was just more convenient from a transportation perspective. I'll be honest. I, I thought Sahara was a fine host hotel. Uh, is it the best hotel on the strip? No, but there, we've seen worse hotels. I mean, so I didn't think it was that bad for the most part. I thought it was like, you know, it, it was, it was doable. It, it was convenient. Uh, the, the rooms were pretty nice. And, and like I said, you had a place downstairs to smoke, which wasn't bad either. So Achilles heel, the Achilles heel of the Sahara are the elevators. Um, oh, so they're terrible. First day coming back. There was a, an immense line to get up the elevators, um, and uh, at many points we have to go, uh, like coming from our rooms to go back downstairs, we have to go up in the elevator so that we have a spot in the elevator to go down. So, so it, was, was that was that limiting people on the elevator, or was it just there was slow again? I remember there was slow. Very much so slow. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, you know, since everyone expects developing palettes to be a little spicy. Uh, you know, we're talking about technical issues. Um, obviously, some of this is COVID-related uh, because it's very clear that there's a staffing problem. Uh, and this isn't specific to Sahara. I stayed at the Mandalay Bay, and it was very clear that there was significant staffing issues. Um, but unfortunately, I would say at the Sahara, they ran into some some issues where clearly the, the, either a disconnect with the management, uh, we're not expecting... Uh, people to be at uh, Caspar initially, so they were understaffed. There was no waiters, no waitresses. Um, the first night they ran out of liquor, which oh, uh, was very surprising. Um, you know, and I would say uh, from a from a technical perspective, I don't know that they're they either weren't expecting the number of attendees initially, uh, but you know, to their credit, uh, I think by by late Wednesday and Thursday. They certainly identified the issue and brought in additional staffing to ensure that everyone's taken care of. And, and by Thursday, uh, you know, we were able to go to the cast bar and there was more than enough coverage uh, that everyone was able to get a waiter or a waitress and, and get drinks. That, that That's good. That's good. There. Was there anyone like lurking around from the industry who didn't attend the show? You know, you always get people who are something lurking around uh, Vegas. Do you see anyone maybe who was you guys we know in the industry, but they just didn't attend the show this year? No. Okay. He was running around, but he didn't have a booth at the show. Well, Matt, so Matt Booth didn't have a booth at the show. No, because I saw interviews with him. How? How? how they were. I thought I saw an interview with him on the show floor. Was he doing interviews on the oh, show yeah. floor? He was on the show floor, on the show floor, and things like that. But See, that, that's interesting. So I don't know. I didn't know because this came up with a, a couple of people who mentioned this to me today about there were people doing interviews who were not exhibiting, and I guess there was some sensitive points on that. Um, I didn't realize it was Booth, but I heard I heard another name. Um, one of the new co-owners of the Dissident brand was there. Um, I think I don't know that she was there on the first day. If she was, I didn't see her, but she was definitely there on the second day. I didn't have a chance to speak with her, but um, she was definitely there. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not, I don't know what the rule is at TPE. I know at PCA technically they don't want people doing that. But I, I, I like I said when I was it was brought up to me a couple points. I said, well, I don't know what TPE's rule is, so. If they're not breaking a rule, it's okay. You know, I mean, so you, you can't fault someone if they're not breaking the rule there. So, uh, we certainly, I don't think we heard any complaints. Um, the entire time, I mean, normally at the PCA, I think we've we've heard more than a few complaints about that where uh, brands feel that you know it's it's unfair situation where they're paying for booth space and someone else is doing business on the show floor. But uh, the entire time we spoke, spoke to quite a number of brand owners, 
I, I did not hear a single complaint uh, that that was interfering or that they felt that was unfair. So yeah, uh, either they didn't see it or or uh, they didn't feel it impacted. Yeah, I th- I was specifically talking about the media piece. Like, like for example, if I saw like Jeff Borshowitz on the show floor, there's no one to stop anyone from interviewing Jeff Borshowitz on the show floor. Is what I'm saying. So if someone's there as an associate member of the business, I don't see how they're hurting anything either. You right. know, it, it's it's when they're they're doing suitcase business, which has been the problem. I think that's when right. it's a real problem there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, um, the the TPE has certainly made exhibiting, uh, I think, as affordable as possible. Um, and certainly some of the brands that we're exhibiting are, are extremely small brands. I think uh, one one described himself as a micro boutique. So, you know, I think the varied entry is not really financial. Um, you know, they've, they've made it so that essentially any cigar brand owner could attend if they, if they care to. That's good. That's good. All right, guys, I kept you guys, I know, for a while, and I know you guys have things you want to do tonight and enjoy, but um, is there anything else you want to mention before we kind of sign off? No, I don't think so. I think it was, uh, well, I do want to mention this. Um, we talked about, uh, you know, the way that the PCA had talked about things, I think, on the PCA press conference that they talked about when somebody brought up about other locations or other dates and things like that, The they had, to, you know, they still bring up the topic of potentially uh, regional, or I, I believe on that, they also mentioned maybe quarterly shows. Yeah. Um, I mean, if the PCA is watching, uh, you know, what TPE is doing um, outside of, you know, what TPE does in Q1, um, this format is, is a great format and something they, they might be able to replicate in other locations that they can get smoking, you know, signed off on. Um, or just doing this in Vegas, um, you know, this kind of a sizing layout pricing kind of a scheme. Um, you know, I could see that that might fly. No, I'm not saying every brand is going to exhibit would exhibit at every event, but um, if somebody's coming out with a new release or they want to have some FaceTime with people and there, there's enough retailers that have uh, interest, um, and this model would work well, especially especially that pavilion style um, because it's you know low cost and uh, they can get a lot of brands in a small amount of space. That's a good point. You know, and you know, from one, I guess PCA they've not been a, it's not really a secret. I think their formula was, hey, we're not going to, we're still going to make, have a big show every year. But, you know, if you have, and I've been not against a regional show, but the way you kind of spun that, Aaron, was interesting. If you, you kind of did that format, and then if someone does have like a high profile release in April, you know, you have an April show like that. Um, yep. And if you can make a pro, and the key thing is they got to make it profitable, obviously. So, because. And, uh, and certainly, I, again, sorry. No, go ahead, John. Certainly, again, I'd say the, uh, the feedback we had firsthand from brand owners was they were very supportive of the idea of a quarterly show uh, or quarterly shows. Uh, and especially if it's regionalized, uh, they expressed that that is something that they would, they would be interested in. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. Is uh, one last, actually one last thing. Uh, is it confirmed that the dates are February for next year? So they're moving this back a month and do we have any insight into why they moved it back? No, I, I mean, I didn't see any kind of like, uh, you know, formal announcements or anything like that. Um, and I did, I didn't talk to anybody from TP about that. So okay. uh, I did, I don't have any insight into, Oh, I actually, no, I, I think it was a conflict of dates uh, for the convention center. Um, for 2023. Yeah. So I think that was part of the reason for the, the date change. Right. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, you, you and I, cause we had heard this, I guess we were messing. It is going to be an interesting wrinkle if this is up against the festivals. I'll tell you that. Um, 
you know, so that's going to be interesting. So, I mean, I'll got to say, uh, I kind of regret not going. Uh, it sounded like a good show. I, I didn't get to see you guys. So I was kicking myself a bit, but I'm so glad you guys got to go. And I really and I will, appreciate I will say, Coop, that um, almost every single brand owner we spoke to uh, asked about you and asked how you're doing. And, uh, yeah, so. Oh, wow. I'm humbled. Wow. <laughs> I thought they'd be mad at me. <laughs> so. No, they miss you. Uh, no, well, the plan is we'll be a PCA. Uh, I actually have been talking to the guys. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a plans with backups this year in case anyone gets sick, right? Because <laughs> uh, we were too specialized last year. But uh, but hopefully I'll see everyone in uh in July. I mean that's the plan. So, um, but yeah, no, I do. I definitely appreciate. It. I know John. Just from a personal standpoint, I didn't even ask you this. This was your first seeing the industry people in like two and a half years, right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, the last time I was on a plane was uh, 2019, the Dominican Republic with El Artista, um, which if I had to have a gap, that was certainly a nice gap rather than, you know, personal trip to Vegas or something. Uh, but yeah, this is the first time I've been on a plane since December of 2019. Yep. And first time you've probably seen people face to face in in this type of setting, too. So very much so. Very yep. much. Uh, so that's a that's a good thing. Um, so hopefully none of you guys come back with Omnicron uh, is a. Uh, well, uh, unfortunately, I, I've already gotten that out of the way, Coop, so I, 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 I don't have true. that. To- yeah, I try. I forgot about that. Uh, I yeah. quarantined the whole industry for two weeks. <laughs> I, call you, I, I, I You won't see me for two weeks. You guys got to get through this for two weeks is what I told them. So, uh, but uh, hopefully uh, the worst is over with that. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm supposed to go to Pro Cigar, uh, but there's some mandatory things they're making us do with vaccinations and uh, – COVID testing beforehand. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But guys, thank you so much. Uh, enjoy the rest of your time in Vegas. Uh, the time's appreciated. Uh, Aaron, I'll talk to you next week. We'll be back in the saddle here and we'll go from there. Okay, thank thank you. you. Thanks, guys. Thanks to our audience, everybody. That's the John McTavish and Aaron Lewis of Developing Pallets here on this special live stream. Take care, everybody. We'll see you Take soon. Care.